0: This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit FilmGeekRadio.com for more great shows.
1: This is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.Cast, your source for the best analysis of the ABC television series, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. With your host, Agent Andrew Johnson.
2: If they can bring back Clark Gregg, maybe they can bring back Ed Norton.
1: That'd be weird. Agent Bibbs Viviani.
2: I got all my ideas from Mr. Belvenier. Come
3: on.
1: Agent Gwen Reyes.
3: Anybody that's not a huge South fan just really needs to pack up their whole life and move to another continent. And Agent Rod Morrow.
0: I feel like someone just ran into your room and gave you a wedgie and then ran back out. They are the Strategic Homeland Intervention,
1: Enforcement and Logistics Division, Critical Analysis Strike Team, AKA
2: The Cast. Agents Assemble! This is episode number seven of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast. This is Film Geek Radio's weekly podcast devoted exclusively to discussion of the ABC television series Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm Agent Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined by my fellow members of the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division Critical Analysis Strike Team. First up, she is a writer for RealVixen.com and a member of the Television Critics Association, Agent Gwyn Reyes.
3: Hi, guys.
2: Hey, Gwen. How are you doing? Good, how are y'all? Doing all right. Uh, next up, he is an all-around comics enthusiast and the founder of the Black Guy Who Tips podcast network, Agent Rod Morrow.
0: Uh, what's going on, job Turkey?
2: <laughs> how are you doing, Rod? Great. And finally, he is the film channel editor at CraveOnline.com and a co-host of the B Movies podcast, Agent William Bibbs Bibbiani. You want some cheese with that cracker? <laughs> 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 wow, I don't even know how to respond to that, Bibbs. You've left me speechless. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great podcast. It is. It is. Okay. I am very pleased to introduce a very special guest. He is the TV channel editor at craveonline.com, and he's also written for Comics Bulletin, Wizard Magazine, Geek Monthly, and MTV Splash Page. Blair Marnell, welcome to the show.
4: Hi, guys. Was I supposed
2: to bring a catchphrase? <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> that can be your catchphrase if you would like. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, as always, you can email the agents of Shieldcast at shieldcast at filmgeekradio.com, and you can access all of our episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes or Stitcher. If you like the show, please leave us a review. That really helps us out a lot. And if you leave us a good review, we will make you an honorary member of the Shieldcast. Uh, We also have a new voicemail line at 336-793-2509. So you can call and leave us some feedback there. Uh, This show is being recorded live at Spreecast.com to receive updates on when we'll be recording live. You can search for Agents of Shieldcast with all of the periods in there and sign up to be alerted for whenever we do a live recording. Uh, You can also follow us on Twitter for information on when we will be recording live. Uh, We'll give out those handles at the end of the show. Before we get started, uh, we have another honorary member of the team to induct, uh, somebody named the CMH left us a five-star review on iTunes. What does CMH stand for? I don't know. I was trying to figure it out, hmm. but no ideas. The country's most honorable.
1: Yes. Oh, there you go. See, that's Oh, that's a nice one. I hear I thought it was going to come out insulting. All
4: right. <laughs> See, I got a
2: question. Does the one-star review not get an honorary membership? No, if you, get, if you leave us a one-star review, you do not receive honorary membership.
3: Unless you can qualify it.
2: Yeah, like you actually have to leave a note
1: explaining this is a one-star review because there's not nearly enough bibs. Like then it's like, okay, fine. Yes. All right, that's I, I get it. Okay, we understand where you're coming from. You can be an honorary member, but uh, you can't just you can't just hit the star button and get rewarded for it. Uh, you you're not special.
2: Well, bibs, unfortunately, I think your ego is going to take a little bit of a hit with this review that the CMH left us. Oh no. The CMH writes. I was looking for a wrap-up show discussing the latest episode, and this is exactly what I wanted. Good recap, solid opinions, and great banner. They do a good job discussing and pointing out plot points from the entire Marvel Universe, which is great since I'm not a comic book expert. Uh, The personalities are entertaining, but Rod is the best. That dude is funny, but knows his stuff. Highly (laughs) recommended this podcast.
1: Oh wow. Well, well, way to go, Rod. Andrew, when you said that, when you when you prefaced that, I was like I was expecting, but Bibbs can eat a dick. Like I thought that's where it was gonna end.
4: <laughs> and
1: so I can handle I can handle Rod as the best. Because you know what? Rod, you're the best.
0: Thanks hey, Bibbs. Yeah, I'm kinda glad that it didn't go there too, because that was exactly what I was thinking when was so bad about you. I was like, what? Why did they go in on Bibs like that? He's pretty funny and then
2: Oh, thanks, man. My only question for you, Rod, is how much have you been paying people to write in and say that uh, you're the best part of the show?
0: Um, I don't pay them anything, man. All my interns work for free.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you and Connie Nast. All right. Well, Agent CMH, we have looked over your application, and we're very pleased to bring you on as the S.H.I.E.L.D. cast wilderness survival expert, a.k.a. Scout Leader. <laughs> so welcome to the team.
1: Yay! Come on, guys! Yay! Yay. Scout Leader! All right, good. Woo.
4: So, Scout Leader,
2: is that your smooth
4: transition to the beginning of the episode? Yes. <laughs> Great segue, <laughs>
2: huh? All right, let's talk Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, today we're going to be discussing episode six of season one of the show. The episode is titled FZZT, or Fitz. It was written by Paul Bazuski and directed by Vincent Misiano. Agent Rod Morrow, why don't you go ahead and give our listeners uh, the quick synopsis of what happened on this episode?
0: Agent Coulson oh. and the team investigates a series of falcon <laughs> involving levitation and gravitational anomalies. The cause of the anomalies is discovered to be an alien virus that's found in an alien chitari helmet salvaged from the Battle of New York. Agent Simmons is infected by the Chitauri virus and losing hope of finding a cure. He nearly commits suicide, but Ward manages to save her before she plunges to her death from the plane. In the final scenes, the helmet is uh, discovered, uh delivered to SHIELD and headquarters into the possession of Agent Blake.
1: Okay, correction, Ward manages to save her after she plunges to her death.
2: Well, after she plunges. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: My point is, is that that's syntactically problematic.
2: Yes, you okay. are correct. I, I got um, that thank you. synopsis from Wikipedia, so blame whoever edited the Wikipedia page. Okay? You're a terrible person, Wikipedia.
0: I'm no longer the funniest and most accurate. I apologize to you, Matt. I'll let you down. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here.
2: All right. Well, Agent Blair Marnell, I'm going to start with you. Uh, As someone who's really into comics and television, what are your thoughts on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as a whole, and what did you think of this episode?
4: Well, as I said in my review that just went live on Crave Online, uh, I think the show doesn't necessarily know what it's trying to be at this point, but this felt like a step in the right direction. Fitz and Simmons have been pretty underutilized through this point in the season and they needed the spotlight. Now we just need to develop, say, Sky, Ward, and May into characters
2: and we'll be on our way. All right. Well, uh, well, Agent Bibbs, what did you think of this episode? Did this live up to your expectations after the week-long hiatus uh,
1: my expectations uh, were nil during the week-long hiatus, uh, so you know I just sort of oh I'll take what I can get basically at this point. But I actually thought this was the best episode we've seen so far. Every one of the characters, uh, well, not every one of the characters, but some more than others. But the characters were able to breathe and and do more and uh, sort of function as a unit. And 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 I'm not being very articulate. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. This, had, this was a really good plot for the episode. It went in unexpected directions. There was some good action that wasn't undone by cheap visual effects. And uh, although this was a Fitzsimmons highlight episode, uh, we needed a Fitzsimmons highlight episode. We also need a Ward highlight episode. We also need we need a lot of highlight episodes. But this is an exceptionally good start. I like those characters a lot more than I did before when I just thought they were cute comic relief guys. Now I see a little something more interesting in their relationship, and uh, I I'm a big fan.
2: Gwen, do you agree with that?
3: Yeah, I really loved this episode from the cold open, which I thought was probably the best cold open we've had this season. I was super involved with the whole camping thing and the levitating body, and I thought that was a really, really good cold open, and it was a really nice throwback to, for Whedon fans, I thought it had a lot of Whedon energy and excitement, and I really loved this episode. This is what I've been waiting for, is like character-centric, following just one or two and seeing the, the love for each other that those two had, so I really loved this episode.
0: Agent Rod Morrow, do you concur? Yeah, this is my favorite episode uh, so far. And a lot of that's due to Elizabeth uh, Henstridge. I thought she did a great job kind of carrying a lot of the, especially the second half of this show. I really enjoyed it, man. And they kind of got a little bit away from some of the quirky, clever, like comedy and and like one-liners and stuff and got more into like the soul of the show. And it got kind of serious and uh, it felt kind of like almost fringe-like because, They got away from the villain of the week and it was more about like a scientific concept and like some quirky sci-fi shit instead of some just like, oh, look, this brown person went evil, you know?
3: (laughs) I was thinking that was the subtext of the whole show.
2: (laughs) I I agree with you all. I think this was a really, really solid episode. I think – Episode 3 is probably my favorite so far just in terms of the plot, but this episode is my favorite in terms of the characters and what we learn about them. Uh, I really like the fact that they just wrapped up the whole plot line and we discovered the mystery and, and, and who was behind it within the first half of the episode. And then the rest was just about Fitz and Simmons trying to find a cure and just seeing them alone in a room together And I I think that's what the show needs to do more often. It just needs to take some of these characters, put them in a room, and let them talk. Let them relate to each other. I really liked this this episode. It was exciting. I loved everything with the plane and the skydiving. At the end, it was a really good set piece. And uh, yeah, overall, I'm very excited about where the show is headed. I hope that we're going to see more episodes like this in the future. But let's start from the beginning. Uh, Gwen, you said that this is probably your favorite cold open so far. Why is that?
3: Um cuz I kind of liked that it took a, it took a step away and showed real people and I don't think I don't remember seeing real people for a little while. It's always been us on the plane with the with the with the guys with the crew. And so going and seeing and and then kind of in figuring out who these people were I thought that was really great. It was also kind of scary. Like I thought that the for a family show, that introduction of trying to go find there's something boogie, you know, scary in the night and they're stuck in the car. And I thought that the discovery of the floating body was really, really, really good. And it just really got me involved right away into the whole episode.
1: Gwen, do your crying man.
3: My crying man?
1: Yeah. Do your crying man. He's the worst crying man ever. I want to see Gwen's crying man. <laughs>
3: Does that mean I could just pretend to cry? Is yeah, that, like basically. literal. <laughs>
2: No, I, I can't do it. <laughs> oh, I like how you were acting it out for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in
4: the chat room. Did anyone else think that this might have been Gravitonium when, when you saw the floating body? Oh, Absolutely. I totally
2: did. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that was the point, too, like to make us be like, oh, shit, Graviton's already back. Yeah. It was a
1: good red herring. It was a good misdirect because it would have made a lot of sense to go in that direction. And when they went in another one, they had creative places to go. This episode wasn't that linear, which I really, really liked. It it all made sense. It all flowed. But yeah, it didn't go from, oh, he's a bad guy and he's got a plot. We better stop that. And we're done. Like, that's how it was in the last episode. And here it's just like, oh, what an interesting setup. Oh, it's not what you thought it was. Oh, now it's not what you thought it was. Oh, now it's over halfway through the episode. Oh, now the shit's hit the fan. Oh, now the shit's really hit the fan. Oh, man. And we're out. Yeah, (laughs)
3: well, the nonlinear structure definitely made it richer and mm. like a little bit more of the sophistication that i think c- the current television viewer really appreciates
0: did anybody think that uh, those kids are gonna probably get molested or something man because <laughs> oh I, I totally went there
3: i was like <laughs> I was, going to yeah.
0: like this is the scariest scene of the show man should have been the halloween episode
1: <laughs> <laughs> actually it would have been the halloween episode wouldn't it yeah mm-hmm. yeah so that's some straight-up bullshit right there
2: well it's kind of spooky I was kind of wondering, like, why did they pull the uh, the scout master or the scouts? Why did they uh, interrogate them? It's obvious they don't know <laughs> what's up. And I just felt really bad for that guy that Melinda May was questioning. I was like, this this kid's going to be scarred for life.
1: Hang on. He got a cookie for, for the first <laughs> And secondly, everyone looks clean on the first pass. that's true all right you never know
0: it was also the nicest interrogation we've seen so far it's it's a really funny scene because they show the guy's face in the show melinda may you're like wow are they fucking up scout leaders now like (laughs) what's going on like
3: can't trust anyone (laughs) yeah
0: you know last week the stakes seemed a little higher and uh yeah it was cool that she's like have a cookie i was like oh they're not gonna beat them thank god
4: Now, was it the scout leader or was it one of the kids? I couldn't quite tell. I think it was the
0: scout leader. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't tell either. It was the guy okay. who told them to get in the car. I don't know what oh, okay. is. Maybe he's the but wasn't
3: the scout leader the dead one?
0: There were two scout leaders. Oh. There were two yeah, guys. He yeah, he never sent them along.
2: Yeah, that that's why we have the CMH now, to replace the uh, the dead guy.
1: Kudos to that scout leader for like, hey, kids, let's check it out. Together. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I'm not sure what the right situation I'm not sure what the right answer is there like do you leave him alone and then do that risk or do you say hey let's go towards the danger I don't I've never been a scout either I don't know what the protocol is
2: Yeah like this this could be part of their scout training like they've discovered this big mystery so do they get a badge for that how, how
0: does it work? Ooh. That like- the sad part is that he wasn't prepared
1: that would have been the end of the episode. They get a special S.H.I.E.L.D. merit badge.
2: Ooh. No, no, the badge
4: the badge should be the helmet of the alien that they that they found in the firehouse. Yes, yes. <laughs> which,
1: by the way, hang on a second. So they found, uh, they had an alien helmet, uh, which, okay, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But in item 47, didn't they explicitly say that they cleaned up everything? That's S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of dropping the ball on that one.
0: Technically, they said there are 47 known um objects that fell. So, I think we talked about it last week and I want to say it was Bibs who even said I, that's bullshit. There's no way only 47 things hit the ground and that they know about all of them. So, right. it kind of makes sense that, you know, they would there's some some stuff leaking through the cracks.
3: Bibs was just predicting it early.
2: Well,
0: I'm yeah. just wondering I'm
2: really like smart. how is this the only Chitari helmet left around? And how is is it, how how is this virus not everywhere? mm
1: mm-hmm. Mhm. Maybe maybe that was just one sick Jatari. Yeah. All right. That was the guy who was like he had a
3: really bad head cold.
1: Yeah. Hey, Steve, maybe you should sit this war out like, no, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. I can I can plow through. What, what's the worst that family. can happen? I've got
3: to get my yeah. health insurance. It's really hard for them
0: too. <laughs> I, I'm trying to sign up for Thanos care. <laughs> <laughs> trying to call in sick on the day of the invasion and nobody believed him. They're just like, come to work. And stop being a punk.
3: He's just like constantly wiping his nose.
0: Uh, You don't want to fight an Asgardian god. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Come on and go to work.
3: Pussy! Uh,
1: I will say, I do like the... uh, At the end of The Avengers, uh, and even in the commentary track of The Avengers, Joss Whedon admitted it was kind of a cop-out, but he just needed to end the movie. When they blow up the mothership and all the Chitauri just die uh and they this is sort of explaining what happened there this is actually like there was like an electrical force and it short-circuited and everything and maybe the virus is actually some sort of way to connect them to the mothership or something i just thought it was actually kind of clever that they turned one of the weakest points of the avengers into a pretty cool plot point on the show so i actually just want to give them some credit for that that was kind of fun
0: we didn't should do that with all the the episodes it's just like go back and clean up plot holes in the other movies
1: Well, that's what the uh, one-shot started out as. I mean, the original one-shot was basically like, hey, remember when Tony Stark uh, recruited General Ross to be in the Avengers? Yeah, that never panned out. We should probably explain that. And so they did, and that was how it started.
0: That would be nice. Uh, Someone can tell me how Iron Man's arm and leg are the only parts that got to Miami in like 20 minutes.
2: (laughs) 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 All right, well, uh, let's move on and discuss the two main characters that this episode focuses on, Fitz and Simmons. Uh, they get a lot of screen time this episode. Blair, what did you think of how their relationship was developed?
4: Well, I think we saw pretty early on that these two really cared about each other to the point where they would die for each other. Which, you know, you don't you don't haphaz- haphazardly jump out of a plane for people you don't care about, which uh, Fitz tried to do but Ward beat him to the punch. And Simmons was actually a lot more interesting in this episode than she had been in the past. I mean, she finally came across as a character in her own right. And uh, I liked the the, uh, the point of her having a little bit of morbid sense of fascination with the uh, body, and that was the moment where she was infected as well.
2: Yeah, uh, I liked how they really established Simmons as more of a three-dimensional character. And we're starting to see that Fitz does have a strong connection with her. I feel like previous episodes, they kind of came across almost as brother and sister. It was a very platonic bond. And in this episode, when you know Fitz gives his little monologue about how I've been by your side every day for the past four or five years or whatever, I, I feel like Fitz is starting to realize, oh, I guess I really do have quite a deep bond with this person that maybe I haven't been willing to acknowledge. Do you think that that's going to Turn romantic, or is it gonna? Are, are they just gonna stay really, really good friends?
4: I predict eventual romantic triangle between Fitz, Sky, un, unreciprocated on his part, on her part, and Simmons possibly being interested with, in Fitz. So that, that's my prediction.
0: Yeah, it's already like a romantic square because Sky was going on and on about war to Fitz, and Fitz was ignoring the shit out of, I mean, like, just trying to be like, yeah, but what about me? You know, I could be a man. And then um, <laughs> later on, um, Simmons gives that long speech, you know, but earlier, like he was pounding about Sky to her. So it's already getting nice and sloppy.
3: Because <laughs> yeah. like the look at especially at that the last shot of him, like hugging the pillow and really being very aware of what happened. And just maybe it's maybe it's romantic or maybe it's just he's recognizing that he really does love this person. And that's kind of scary, too. But I thought that was a really telling and really nice moment.
0: I read that as him being kind of upset with Ward. Like he still feels inferior to Ward.
4: I didn't get that out of that scene.
1: No, I didn't I didn't get any Ward out of that scene. I thought he was just rattled by the experience and maybe a little torn between Oh wait, do I have feelings for my uh, the chick who reads like my sister? You know, like that's I, I thought they were siblings when they were first introduced on the show. Like I didn't realize the Fitz and Simmons were their last names.
3: And that their accents are completely different.
1: Yeah, you know, shit happens. Like, it, but regardless, <laughs> like that's how they play. There was like, the, there was a lot of connection, but no romance whatsoever to them. And now we're introducing that romance, and it's really hot. But um,
0: <laughs> the specific line they ended on was something like, uh, "Ward is like being like Agent Ward isn't the only way to be way of being a man," or something like that. And then what? there's that forlorn look, and I was like. Oh man, that could be something between him and Ward because he's already admitted to feeling insecure about his place uh, compared to Ward when listening to Sky.
3: I'll grant you that. Now Fitz is totally into Ward. Now I'm interested. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Well, actually, I think next week's episode deals directly with Fitz and uh, Ward on an assignment together, I think. That's a good point. Yeah, we had an episode of Firefly like that with Wash and Mal, so that would actually make
1: a lot of sense. Um, The thing is, I don't trust uh, any—I realize this isn't a quote-unquote Joss Whedon show, but it's a Whedon-related show, and I don't trust any Whedon love triangle. All right, he's going to screw with us. It's either going to be way too obvious, and someone's going to die right before or right after they finally bring it together, or it's going to get mixed up, and the like. Fitz is going to end up with the uh, with Mike Melinda May, and we're going to be like, what? And We're going to be like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah, oh, didn't see that one coming, did you? And then like, oh, man. And then like, Ward is going to end up with Agent Coulson, and it's going to be really weird, <laughs> and it's going to be fantastic.
3: I'm supporting all of these options.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, like, no, my, that's the thing. It's, like, they'll throw the the less up. Op- like, remember when Cordelia and Xander got together on Buffy? And you're like, what the fuck? And it made perfect sense, and it was really good drama, and I kept him and Willow apart, and then him and Willow finally got together when they had Sniff and others, and then that tore them apart. They keep them apart as long as humanly possible. But in order to do that, you have to make really obvious connections from the very beginning of the show who's supposed to end up with who. And unlike the newsroom, there's enough, like, there's enough people in the mix that they can really mess with their
4: expectations
1: and do something fun with
4: it. Mm-hmm. I got a quick question for you guys. Do you think that they're angling towards a May and Colson romance as well? I hope. I so.
0: hope so. <laughs> I honestly can't tell because May seems so asexual. And then... Um, Are you kidding me? <laughs> she offered to go a few rounds last yes, week, every
2: line <laughs> she says almost there's this element of sexuality to it. I
3: agree with Rod on that one because I don't think that... I, I kind of think of her as kind of like a sexless character. She doesn't have a as much of a sensuality or sexuality as, like, Sky or even Simmons does.
0: Yeah, there's not... Like, what I mean by asexual is, like, those aren't come-on lines. She really will whoop your ass mm-hmm. if you go a few rounds with her. And even when she, like unbuttons his shirt or whatever it's just to be like see motherfucker you died like it's not there's no there's no sense to it there's no like and and i mean this may be why it happens but they're not even trying they're trying so hard to be like this is a working relationship everyone Uh so you know i could see them doing it but it would be like as to be shocking to be like oh they weren't even close to getting together and now look at them making out Honestly, here's the thing. The way that
1: Melinda May and and Coulson play on the show for me is like mom and dad. But like mom and dad have been together for a while and they're not all smoochy smoochy. So I think it's actually – here's how I would imagine it playing out. Like we're just going to have this exact level of tension or non-tension or whatever you want to call it. And then like eight episodes from now, the cold open is just going to be them waking up together and not not talking about it. It's just like, well, of course we're fucking. What do you expect?
4: (laughs) Rod, I I would have loved it if the show had said, see, motherfucker, you died. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that it was so cold because she was like, what does it matter? Eight seconds, 40 seconds? Goddamn, get back to work.
3: <laughs> but that was also such a nice throwback, too, because my favorite season of Buffy was the season after Buffy comes back from the dead and has to deal with that. And I really love that in the Wheaton verse that they're very comfortable and very willing to discuss like the ramifications of surviving death.
2: Well, I I want to talk about that in a second, but the last thing I want to say about all of this relationship stuff is that I kind of thought that Ward and Simmons shared a moment when he came in at the end and he was giving his own Ward impression. I was like, oh man, now is Simmons going to start falling for Ward? He's
3: getting really sloppy up in that vehicle up in the Uh, Yeah, I
4: have to say, Ward's impression of himself, not very good. Yeah.
3: It's an impression
1: of an impression. Here's the, he's that last Michael Keaton in multiplicity in that scene. It's an impression of an impression <laughs> of an impression. It's not great.
0: And Simmons told him it was bad. Like she let him know right then. Right. Um, I also like though, that this episode, we got to see Ward feeling helpless for a while because he's like, I can't punch a disease in the face. Yeah. And and that was like kind of cool too, because I think it's important for that character. Even, even with limited screen time this week, it's kind of important to take away the tropeness, quote unquote, now that they built up all these tropes to kind of take it away from these characters a little bit so that, you know, last week, uh, two weeks ago was the the nerd stuff with the whole like uh, glasses and all that shit. I, I kind of like that they're building up like, all right, you know, this guy, he might be, you know, Jack Bauer with a light gun, but he's also an actual person, too.
2: I don't know. That kind of freaked me out. Like, he's just like, I need someone to punish. And I was like, what? Okay, Ward, you have some serious issues.
0: I've been playing a lot of uh, Arkham Asylum, so I was completely
2: (laughs) Yeah, he just wants someone to punch in the face. So So I guess when Graviton does show back up, Ward's the guy we're going to want to go uh, sock him in the mouth.
4: Well, how long will it be until Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. gives us a disease that you can punch
2: in the face? (laughs) Ooh. <laughs> That's true. That is true. There we you go. They
1: have, they have an out. They, they can do that.
2: All right. Well, Gwyn, you brought up the whole thing about uh, how in Buffy that dealt a lot with her being dead and coming back. We've got that with Coulson. And in this episode, he gives uh, that big monologue to uh, Tony Diaz, the firefighter, where he reveals that he was dead and that he did go somewhere and it was beautiful Thankfully he doesn't say that he went to Tahiti And it was a magical place (laughs) I'm not sure that would have been appropriate In the moment
1: I've been where you are right now So please believe me when I tell you You don't have to be afraid What are are you talking about? Your job Gets pretty dangerous doesn't it? Mine too I
3: got hurt once
1: Pretty bad and I I died some say it was only for 8 seconds
2: but I know it was more than that I know I wasn't here anymore I was there
4: what's it like
2: My question for you guys is, do you think that he was telling the truth or do you think he was just saying what this guy would want to hear?
4: That seemed truthful to me. That, that was actually yeah. one of the best moments in the episode and a really yeah. great turn for Coulson.
3: And I think from what we know, I think it's as truthful as he knows. Because like that whole moment later when he's talking with May and revealing like that he doesn't feel right, Like that's, I think that is as truthful as he could have been because he doesn't know what's happening.
0: And it kind of has to be true, or at least he has to pr- believe it's true for the plot to move along. Because if not, then that just makes him like the best liar ever, <laughs> and we didn't learn anything last week. But it also does fit with the Whedon theme of like heaven is great. Oh, why the fuck did you bring me back? Like they kind of <laughs> yeah. that whole idea of like no, this is the hell. But you know what? Coulson
1: hasn't been living a life of such unending torment as Buffy had. Coulson was just a guy. And so uh, I liked that uh, when the shit hit the fan, he he came in and just said, hey, you know what? This sucks. I'm sorry, but it's actually not going to be that bad. You can relax and and everything will be okay." That was actually a very, very sweet moment. It went in the opposite direction of where you normally think they go, which is like, get out of here. Or like they did with last week, just kill him which is I still think was kind of fucked up. But here's my thing with Colson's, you know, whole speech about I came came back from the dead and it changed me. Do you think they're trying to nutri, they're they're trying to offer the possibility that there's nothing wrong with Colson and that Colson is just like anyone else undergoing, you know, post-traumatic stress and that's why he's different and that's why everyone's saying why is Colson so different? That's why he has more energy it's because he's looking at life a new way and that maybe there's no mystery whatsoever and that's the whole mystery.
2: That actually occurred to me by the end of the episode. I was like, well, maybe there isn't anything weird with him. Maybe they really did just bring him back from the dead. Which would be anticlimactic as hell. Yeah,
3: but I don't think that that's what they're doing. I think that they're, they're kind of swaying us a little bit.
2: Well, the thing is, we still have that scene in the pilot where Ron Glass shows up and is like, he doesn't know. Uh
1: But that could be anything like he doesn't know. We're planning a surprise party. (laughs) Like, that could be
0: anything. We
2: don't know. It's really vague. One year anniversary since your death, Colson.
0: Yeah, I do like that they're kind of, you know, playing with it. And because before it was so on the nose and like every episode was just so something's up, something's up something's up Do you guys know something's up and i'm kind of glad that they were like or something couldn't be up because up until now it's just all been one thing we're just like this reveal better be good as shit yeah i kind of like that they at least by the end of the episode had me going could it be nothing i don't know there's like that I guess dying is enough to change someone's life. I don't know why I didn't think of that before, but – so I kind of could uh, – I kind of was glad that they did that.
4: Well, I doubt that's going to be the end of it. There's got to there's be more to the mystery than that or people are going to lose their shit.
2: Right. I mean he, he does all of his medical tests this episode, and his tests are perfect. A little too perfect. I don't yeah, believe they're that. they're too perfect. So something's got to be going on here. You can't just come back from the dead and then magically be in tip-top shape after a few months.
1: I think Gwen's right here. I think this is a misdirect in some way. I think they're trying to sway us. And I think this might be an opportunity because now they know they have more episodes. They're like, okay, well, let's pull back from this a little bit. Let's give ourselves some wiggle room. Now that we've given some like you know, plausible deniability that maybe there's nothing wrong with Colson, we can kind of stop hammering it down your throat all the time. And then when we do get to it 5, 10, 20 episodes from now, uh, it'll seem like a big deal.
0: Yeah, exactly. You kind yeah, of have to lower expectations because it was getting out of control, man. Everything was ending with, oh, no, Coulson, woo.
1: Was anyone else expecting when Melinda May said at the end to take off your shirt, he was going to take off his shirt and there would be a whole bunch of servos and gizmos and things. And she'd just like fix something and he'd be like, what what just happened? It's like, oh, nothing. You're fine. And like she'd just walk away. I did think that (laughs) for a second.
3: I wasn't expecting him to have scars, actually. I was expecting it to be completely clean for some reason.
1: Buff.
0: Yeah, I was expecting like it to be like life model decoy time. Mm-hmm. Listen. Yeah.
3: Like finally we in that reveal. Yeah.
0: yeah. Also it was a little shocked that they didn't hop in Lola to save um uh Simmons.
3: It's a flying car. Why don't you use that? She's old. Maybe she can't go that fast.
4: Lola kind of factored in the very last moment of the episode when Blake's walking out of the the, uh, the the carrier. He's just like putting his finger on Lola. Yes. Yeah, I saw that. And Coulson let it go unanswered, which I don't buy. That
1: was
2: his big line in the pilot. Don't touch Lola. Yeah, he
1: should have been at the very least there should have been like a stern look like, "Oh, he just crossed the Coulson line." <laughs> you know, like, "Oh, man." <laughs>
2: I would
3: like to say that Clark Gregg is getting really good at, like, the really dour, angry angry faces that he makes.
0: I'm like, you guys, <laughs> guys are taking
3: him seriously. He's getting a little angry.
0: I think uh, Titus Welliver may have even touched Lola as a Before. person, not, not even a character. He just did it um, so <laughs> that he could get on TV and they couldn't, re- they couldn't reshoot it.
3: <laughs> they just kept doing it, and they're like, Titus, really, you gotta stop. And he's like, no.
4: I was a little disappointed that Titus didn't have a bigger role in the episode itself, because they made a big deal about Agent Blake coming back from Item 47,
2: and he's barely in the episode. Yeah, we talked about that last week, how he was going to show up th- in this episode, and we speculated as to what kind of role he would have, and whether or not Lucy Kaplan would show up with him. But no, he just has a little scene where he's on the little view screen or whatever, and then he shows up at the very end and touches is Lola,
1: But he served a valuable function, though, because we, we talked about this last week. We need someone on this show with some oversight over this team right. who can disapprove. And they ended in this episode. He gave Colson an order that Colson couldn't bring himself to follow. And then that became a plot point. And they're saying, you know, you guys are kind of operating too autonomously and shield's going to notice soon so he actually served exactly the function he needed to i just hope they keep bringing him back to be that disapproving commissioner like damn it colson you wrecked 20 helicarriers you know something that's the best you can come up with we've got a bad connection I was pressed for time Bold move you know our chat wasn't exactly private they never are i don't know what happened to you in new york if you really flatline or if that's just what they tell us when we reach level seven but whatever did happen doesn't give you license to disobey a direct order from HQ. keep pulling stunts like that. Someone might decide to take this little dream team away from you. I'd like to see them try. That doesn't sound like the Phil Coulson I used to know.
3: No, I
1: suppose it doesn't.
0: Get used to it. I do feel a little bit vindicated, though because i still don't know that that dude is his direct report to or boss like it was a weird relationship because and it might just be because you know white people always write tv shows where they can cuss their boss out but it seems, it seems like <laughs> very like they were much like equals or something where it's like get the fuck off my ship i don't have to do what you say it's like you should really do what people say And he's like fuck you get off like it didn't even end with a like, oh, yeah, man, well, I'll, I'll do better next time, boss, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Coulson definitely drew a line in the sand and was kind of like, well, we're going to do what we want, and if you have a problem with it, too bad. I, I like how that relationship is automatically starting out in a very antagonistic place.
0: Yeah, like does right. Blake— um have his own bus or
1: something at this point i got the impression he was in charge of the sandbox and as a result anything that relates to the sandbox even if it has to do with someone who is like on his level it's his responsibility and he gets to make the call that was the impression so maybe he's higher ranked maybe he's not but in regards to the sandbox he's the guy in charge
2: yeah that could be it yeah. yeah, we don't know if, if Blake is level seven as well or if he's level eight or nine. Or
3: There's so many. How many levels are we going to get, guys? Because I'm upset about that for next week, that we're going to get more <laughs> of these super secret levels. I'm like, where does it stop?
1: You know, I was joking about this uh, with my girlfriend when we watched uh, the episode last night. And, and she was just like, we were t- someone brought up level 7 and she's like, oh, I want to be level 8. And then next week it's level 8. And I'm just like, okay, come on now.
3: Yeah, there's going to be like level 14.
1: <laughs> level 14 is just like Uatu the Watcher. Like me. that's I'm it. Like it's, it's, Oh, it's Gwen. Okay, never mind.
3: It's just me. I'm making all the choices and decisions, guys.
1: I see. Oh, good.
3: <laughs> we lose the narrative thread. It's not my fault.
1: Okay, get Fitz and Simmons together then.
0: Personally, I love the level things, because as a nerd, it's kind of like when people argue uh, whose superpowers are better and shit. It's like a definitive answer. <laughs> no, I believe Colson is only level 9, so...
1: Oh my god, those <laughs> those goddamn trading cards they used to give us in the 90s? Where It's like, well, Hulk has a level 11 strength, and Thor only
4: has in a level 10,
1: <laughs> but Thor has a level 20 with the belt on!
4: yeah yeah let's let's not get into that shall we yeah you're gonna bring us to agents of shield hero clicks if you're not careful
3: (laughs) boys are so weird that's my takeaway from this from this whole podcast yeah
0: (laughs) boys are weird how much uh how much would you guys pay for a special set of marvel collectible cards that just have agents of shield characters on them
4: um no a quarter maybe i don't know i don't, I don't know if you guys know this but they marvel is doing like an entire month of agents of shield variant covers for every book that they publish
0: no i did not know that
4: yeah so every for for a single month i think it's either next month or the month after every issue is going to come with like uh an agents of shield photo variant cover people ask me why
1: i boycott comics right now <laughs> bam <laughs> that's why
4: christ
1: that sounds
0: awful <laughs> Next month, you're not going to get Savage Wolverine, uh, Wolverine, and the X-Men Wolverine Max. You're you're not going to get 17 versions of Wolverine next month?
2: He's not even going to get Wolverine and Veronica. All right. Well, uh, getting back to this whole levels thing, I think it'd be really cool if it turns out that when Coulson died, that beautiful place he went to was level 20.
0: (laughs) The ultimate (laughs) level. Sneak into a level where it's just like his brain is still alive and that body's not his or some shit.
3: Did anybody else want to give him a big hug after he got after he was finally confronted by May? And it was just it was heart wrenching. I was wrenched. Yes, but May had it covered. I wanted to give Coulson all the hugs.
0: With her cold, cold love. (laughs) (laughs) She was just like, yes, it was so matter of fact, man. Someone write that rap song. (laughs) I don't know how you guys are picking up uh, sexual vibes from them.
3: It'll be like Yes You Died a memoir of Agent Colson.
4: I don't know about sexual advice, but she's definitely been more and more interested in Colson as the episodes have gone on. More interested in and in how he's doing, more interested in his physical well being, and where she wasn't at the first two episodes.
2: That's
0: true. Maybe she's watching him for something.
2: Yeah, I think the thing with, with Agent May is that, you know, she's a grown woman. She knows what she wants. When she decides that she wants Colson, she's just she's just mm-hmm. gonna be up front about it and be like, Come on, let's do this. Whereas Skye and Ward, they're, they're kind of in that little young puppy love. Oh, do we like each other? Do we not like each other? What's appropriate? That kind of phase. With Melinda May, she knows she knows what she wants. When she decides that it, the time is right, she's just gonna go up to Colson and they're gonna they're just gonna get I'm it. I'm down all. with that. It's gonna happen.
3: I like a strong, powerful
2: yeah. woman.
0: Good role models. They hinted towards something dramatic happening in May's past too
4: they did they kind of hinted that she had her own near-death experience to get over or someone else's near-death who was close to her because they were relating it to fitz and simmons
0: yeah it will kind of explain why someone who went from being known as the calvary was it's kind of more like i think i want to you know have a job where i can just stay on a desk for the rest of my career and kind of wavers back and forth between like even when she decided like okay i'll go into the field it was more of a like because these other people might die and things are getting way too close to the wire, I will go into the field. So it's not even a... She doesn't crave action anymore, and she seems to kind of want to avoid risk.
2: What if she had a crush on Colson for years and was super into him, and then when he died... It was so traumatic, she just couldn't deal with it, had to quit.
4: Yeah, I don't buy that one. Here's here's what
2: I buy. At some point
1: in the future, there's going to be a villain on the show who is from May's past. And she's going to have to go through a series of flashbacks to explain why and how she got to this way. And uh, I would be very surprised if we don't get something like that by the end of season one.
4: Well, I'd be happy if that's a good story. I mean, that's that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's a good structure. It's just kind of familiar, but like it seems to be like that's the way to go to explore it if you're going to talk about everything she does in thinly veiled terms. Like I I feel like that's the that's the way.
0: She also had no issue with Camilla Reyes in that episode where they talked about the past with her and Colson. Was she even in the room for that though?
4: Not for some of the more intimate stuff between Reyes and Colson she wasn't. Yeah. But, I mean, I got no sense of jealousy from May there. That was during May's really standoffish phase on the show. As opposed to now when she's a teddy bear. (laughs) She's she's a teddy bear compared to what she was. I mean, in the first couple episodes, she's like, I just want to fly the plane. Don't talk to me.
2: Now she's handing out cookies to everybody.
1: Oh, do you think they're good cookies? Do you think she baked those herself or do you think she got those from like a bake sale or
4: something? Does she all have a bake sale?
2: I think she made them herself. I think that, you know, when she's not working, she's baking.
4: Do you guys remember when Coulson's actually trying to make small talk with May Well, she's flying? She basically ignored him. It was like four or five episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that's where we've come from from that. She just likes to stay focused on her work. She's
3: a busy lady. She's got a lot of things to do.
0: Yes. Yeah, be offering up cookies, uh, but it is literally like the meanest way you can offer anyone cookies.
3: <laughs> I thought you were just going to say it's literally cookies and that's it. There's no <laughs> metaphorical cookies here.
1: What if Melinda May is there to keep an eye on Coulson so that he never figures out the whole Tahiti business? That's what I'm thinking. She seems too puzzled by that, though. Puzzled or worried that he's going to figure it out? Yeah, because she also keeps leading him towards, like, it's probably nothing. Yeah, see? You don't have anything wrong with you. You're just going through traumatic stress. Everyone would go through traumatic stress in your situation.
0: Yeah, I think if you're going to—I mean, I don't know what they're going to do, but if they were to do a reveal of, like— Oh, and she's been in on it the whole time. That would be really cool because it hasn't been an overbearing, like, what you doing? Hey, you're not looking into yourself, are you? You know, it's a very like, uh you're fine. Yes. Or she could be just like him and maybe whatever happened to him happened to her first.
3: Oh, so many things.
2: I
0: don't
2: know. Mm-hmm. I kind of hope that by the end of the season, we get to see Fitz do something Crazy heroic! Like we get to see him actually jump out of the plane.
1: I give him so much credit for for actually being about to, though. That was really cool.
4: Yeah, it was great. I kind of wanted to see him do it, actually. And then and then Ward has to save both of them.
0: I like that Simmons didn't really believe him. <laughs> like, no, really, I was putting on the shoot. Like, that's good too. <laughs> but she makes a very valid point. He
1: was the one who actually like, screw it, I'll risk dying before the the end is immediately nigh. Yeah, exactly. And, sh- and that's why I didn't really buy that he was still necessarily jealous of Ward because she makes a valid point. Ward did his job. He went into, the, that's his line of duty. You went above and beyond to 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 save me. And that was really cool. So I thought that was great.
0: He didn't seem, I, maybe I'm just reading it differently, but he didn't seem like satisfied by that. He seemed more like, yeah, but I really wish I would have jumped, put on a parachute and jumped out there and saved you.
2: Was anybody else bothered by the fact that after Ward catches Simmons, it just cuts, and suddenly they're back on the plane and everything's fine?
1: Yeah. yeah. They said they had to go through the – like, they were probably stuck out there in the ocean for a long time. They had to go through the Morocco office, which no one likes dealing with the Morocco office, which makes me really want to – We'd really makes you want to spin off, you know, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Morocco unit, uh, which would be fantastic. <laughs> well, that, that would
4: only happen if the show was on CBS.
1: There you go. <laughs> I would love to see CSI in Morocco. I just that's one of my dreams. But anyway, um but like yeah, it, it just seems like the sort of thing where it's like they had to they had two options. They either had to stop the show dead so they can get them back and actually show the entire process or they can actually say like you know what, that would probably be a real bitch to get them back, so they actually just cut. You now
4: the show was almost over. What are you going to do? They kind of wrote themselves
1: into a corner on that. One
4: no, I'm fine with what they did. I mean, they, for what they spent the screen time on, dealing with the uh, the final scene with Coulson and May and then with uh, Fitz and Simmons, I'm fine with what they did. I almost kind of want to see like a
1: webisode or something that's just Ward and Simmons like out in the ocean for hours.
2: And she's unconscious.
1: Yeah. And they're just sort of just like just waiting there, you know, and it's like really awkward and there's some weird sexual tension and sharks are biting at their feet that, and Ward has movie? to punch a shark. Open water. But it's open water with shield agents, and Ward actually gets to like fight the sharks, and it's really <laughs> badass, and we just never saw that episode.
4: Oh, by the way, was <laughs> anyone else expecting um Simmons' body to actually start floating after he injected the cure?
2: Yeah, yeah. See, I was waiting for something like that to happen, and then they just cut. And overall, I'm I'm fine with it, but I kind of wanted a moment where we get to see Simmons. Grapple with the fact, like, oh my god, I just tried to kill myself, yeah, and I really didn't need to, because that's it's kind of a big deal. Maybe she'll deal with
1: that next time. And it was also, again, really badass of her to actually be willing to do that and potentially infect all the world's fish with static electricity diseases, (laughs) which I just I have a problem with.
0: How much time has passed between this episode and the last? Because I noticed at the beginning, Sky was really pondering about how long she had had the bracelet on. And when were they going to trust her again and, like, really make it a thing?
1: I imagine, like, two weeks, right?
2: Yeah, two
0: weeks. Okay, so you think it's real time. Cool. Probably. More or
1: less. I mean, they listen, they've said that they're going to tie in with Thor The Dark World. So, uh, you know, it stands to reason that they're going to treat this like when Thor The Dark World comes out, that's where the show has been, and, and probably going to be the same with Captain America as well. So, yeah.
0: And I got to say, man, stuff like that is why I'm CMH's favorite person, because I called that shit, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I didn't even see the movie. You saw it. You were like, no, no,
1: I saw it. And actually, I even joked at the end of it. Uh, when there's like this one little thing that they're obviously going to deal with. I even said, you know, like, hey, wouldn't it be great if the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had to wrap that up? And they did. And I didn't want to mention it because it's a spoiler. OK, so it's not a huge spoiler. It's actually a little tiny thing, but like it's totally Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. sized. Uh, that they just left open.
4: Here's a question. We kind of expect they'll probably do a tie-in episode for uh, Winter Soldier as well. Mm-hmm. How would they even possibly approach doing something for Guardians of the Galaxy, though? That is a good question.
3: That's for the summer hiatus. That is for the summer
4: hiatus. Ooh. Well played. Well played.
3: Here, guys. been here for a while
4: assuming agents of shield gets season two anyway i think it seems pretty
1: likely but uh yeah who knows maybe maybe the uh, ratings will flag but i think if they tie into thor and they announce it and make it clear and i think if they do the same for cats america the winter soldier i'm pretty sure interest is going to spike enough that it's going to stick around
0: i feel like the series now is attached to uh potentially some of the biggest movies of the year every year like mm-hmm. it wouldn't even really make sense if they If they can't make this work somehow, at least to generate interest on TV, then that's a colossal failure because no other show has any sort of leg up like that where it's like well also three to four times a year everyone will go see a movie that can loosely tie into this show
1: yeah will be a sequel to a movie that, that like everyone saw last weekend i I think that'll be okay um the, i think the worst case scenario is that the show might end up being too expensive for its own good uh but in which case stop making such expensive episodes
3: yeah I'll just do a lot of cutting
4: this struck me as kind of the more least expensive episodes. Half the action takes place on the plane, right? No, they're they're getting pretty good about that. They they're,
1: they reserve it for like a couple of money shots. You know, fl- someone floating in the air. Okay, well, any stage magician can do that for you know, relatively little amount of money. The only thing they really had to spend any money on was a couple of, like, electricity bursts, which, again, don't cost that much, and uh, flying out of an aircraft, and that's, you know, that's not cheap, but it's still just, like, green screen. It's not the most expensive thing in the world.
2: Right, and did you notice that whenever, uh, like, the firemen or the rats, like, whenever they finally die and there's that little pulse of electricity, they don't actually show it. It happens... Off screen, and you just see the light reflecting off of people's faces. And it wasn't
1: even that distracting. It was really distracting when they tried to shoot around the fireballs in the last episode. Like, it was really awkward and obvious. And this was just like, yeah, that's that's perfectly fine. That's a really good way to film that. It'd probably be kind of grotesque, honestly, if they had shown it. So it's probably best for everyone.
2: Well, like at the fire station, I was expecting them to do a shot of the fire station and then have some blue light or something pulse out of it and they, they didn't even do that they were just like nope here's their faces and there's
0: it's not really
1: a money shot moment though they had set that up so that was just really
0: sad it's a great job too by the way like that dude Mm-hmm. Really nailed that scene, even though, you know, he's kind of only there to get sweaty and die. But that was cool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love how they, they do the little fake out where you think he's going to be some villain. And it's like, no,
0: man, I just cleaned this helmet. Okay. When that's been the first thing I thought was like, not another brown villain. And then it was like. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the new name of this podcast.
4: Not another brown villain.
1: Yeah, well, I, de- <laughs> I declared it the mentally unstable minority superhero power hour, right. which I, I it's a little less punchy, but I do like it. Uh, I would like to say I want to see an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast bumper sticker that just says, get sweaty and die. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast. <laughs>
0: yeah, that dude just showed up and was like, what's going on, guys? It's like, oh, no, they're going to shoot him.
2: All right. Uh, well, do we have any questions? Nope. In the chat room? It looks like we don't.
3: Our chat room is so, chi- it's so quiet today.
0: Yeah,
2: I don't like it. Yeah. I feel really, really bad now. No questions. Everyone everyone loved this episode. There's nothing to talk about.
0: We
1: covered every topic as brilliantly as possible.
0: This is the first episode that no one has any complaints about because normally half of our questions are like, Will you think the show'll still be on the air? Are they gonna ever <laughs> do something with these characters? Uh what's the problem with the with the with Whedon's brother? You know, shit like that. So Maybe now people are like, Oh, actually, I like this and I just want to see more stuff like this every week. I'm finally, I am glad that they got into the, um, something we've been talking about, um, where they're kind of taking each character now and singling a block of time, 60 to 75% of the show around just, you know, a character or two. I think we were all a little bit sick of Sky, which is why her payoff wasn't that big last week too. Cause every show's kind of been about Sky. But yeah. seeing it about Fitz and Simmons is dope, and I really hope that at some point we can see it about Melinda May, whatever's going on with Coulson. Even, like I said, man, I'd like to see Ward run into his brother and let's see who's still the biggest badass.
2: I just want them to eat cake whenever that happens. That's a metaphor, right? That's something I shouldn't be thinking about. All right. Well, since we don't have any questions in the chat room, I think that that will wrap it up. For this episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast, unless there's anything else that any of you guys want to talk about. No! No? We covered it? Yes! Let's see if
3: it, let's see if it stays this good next week.
2: Better the episode,
1: shorter the show. Yeah! It's going to get to a point where you're just like, hey, welcome to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast. What'd you think? It was fine. Bye, everybody!
2: Well, as always, you can write it and let us know. What you thought of uh, FZZT and what you think of this podcast, uh, you can email us at shieldcast at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also leave us a voicemail through the website or you can call us at 336-793-2509. You can subscribe to us through iTunes and Stitcher. If you like the Agents of Shieldcast, please write us a review. That really helps us out a lot in terms of getting the word out about the show. Uh, And if you leave us a positive review, you can become an honorary member of the team. If you'd like to financially support us, you can donate by going to filmgeekradio.com and clicking the donate button Uh, that money goes towards helping us pay for hosting and bandwidth and covering all of the uh, technical costs that come with producing the show you can also use our affiliates page to visit some of our partners including Amazon and anytime uh, you purchase something from our affiliates uh, if you use our site to get there we will get a couple dollars of whatever you spend, so you can buy something for yourself and help us out at the same time. And as always, be sure to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including Cinema Fix, The Thin Place, and our new show all about the third season of Homeland, The Briefing Room. Blair, it's been awesome having you on the show today. Where can people find more of your work?
4: Oh, thank you. And you can find me on Crave Online's TV channel. I also do some writing for Fan Voice. And I have my own TV podcast called The Idiot Box, with uh, Bibbs as an occasional guest host.
2: Yay!
3: Well, now you have to have all of us on, Blair.
2: Yeah. That's the polite way. And uh, are you on Twitter? I am, at Blair Marnell. All right. Agent William Biz Bibiani, where can people find you? You can also find me at Crave Online. Although
1: I am on the film channel because that's how I roll. I also have a movies-related podcast called the B Movies Podcast. The B stands for Bibs, and uh, you can subscribe to that on iTunes. I really wish you would because uh, that's how I keep making the big bucks. And uh, you can hear me on the radio uh, Friday mornings most of the time on KCRW nine eighty AM. KCRW? I try to remember the name of it. In any case, nine eighty AM at Los Angeles. I'm a terrible, terrible person. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, follow me on Twitter at William Bibiani B-I-B-B-I-A-N-I.
2: Agent Gwyn Reyes, where can people find you?
3: Um, You can find me at realvixen.com. We're doing a lot of Tom Hiddleston stuff this week because he's everywhere and it's in my fantasies all the time. I'm in love. Mine too. And uh, also at Twitter forward slash realvixen and on
2: redcarpetcrash.com. Agent Rod Morrow, where can people find you online?
0: Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter. You can follow me, Rodimus Prime, or Rod Live Tweets. And you can also find me on the Blackout Tips. Uh, you can search for it at iTunes, Stitcher, and Podomatic, or go to the theblackouttips.com. Uh, but we only read five star reviews on the air, so don't, don't leave. <laughs>
2: <us>. <laughs> oh, you can find my film and TV criticism at movimezzanine.com and patheos.com. You can also find me co hosting a few other podcasts on Film Geek Radio, including The Briefing Room and Cinema Fix every week. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at writerandrew, and I hope that you will do so so we can keep talking about Marvel's Agents of Shooting. That'll wrap it up for this episode. Agents Disassemble.